One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Caught offside with Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside from just outside. New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Anything happened today, brother? D- don't think so. Pretty quiet. Not even sure why we're bothering recording tonight. Um, could have yeah. left it till tomorrow. Really could have. Or maybe just skip this one altogether. Um, what a stupid game. What a weird game. What a dreadfully mad game. Just insane it's the most entertaining caught offside cup we've had since since this series began and we've had some good probably we had the two 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 in 1819 was it or yeah the two two the one that always stood out to me from an entertaining standpoint was the two two that had the wanyama rocket followed by sala's incredible goal followed by a, a penalty for tottenham deep in stoppage time to tie it like it was just an insane final 15 minutes um, but from a pure entertainment standpoint, yeah, this was it. This ha- I don't know how you pass this. Um, we have to get into it immediately. So I, I was might... gonna, I was going to ask you. You tell because like, I have a whole. I did a whole rundown here before the game, and I feel like much of what I have here is utter garbage, nonsense, trash. No, I I think. Look, we will touch on the relegation battle because there were some significant things. I mean, every every week, there's, every game day, there seems to be significant things happening there. We'll talk about that. Um, but we, we'll just begin at Anfield. And I don't know. So I, I, I was playing soccer this morning. We had a brief window in the torrential rain that we've had this weekend in New York. Yeah. And it, it just coincided with our game. So I actually didn't get soaked. And um, I was going to the Munro in Brooklyn, the Liverpool Supporters Club bar afterwards to watch the game. And I was curious, like what weather, uh, two teams in different seasons, Liverpool on the up a little bit, Tottenham in, I don't know what kind of phase they're in. Um, Not a good one. Not a good one. And so, you know, I was curious to see what it'd be like in the bar. The bar actually by the end was, was uh, by kickoff time was pretty full. Um, So, I seen the emotions of people in this game. I mean, the deflation after the Richarlison equalizer or what we thought was going to be the mm-hmm. ultimately the, the final act in this game. 
and then the absolute amazement at the at the Jota winner. But throughout the game, there was this weird, weird kind of feeling because Liverpool went 3-0 up so quickly that usually the bar is quieter and it, and it goes with the rhythms of the game. People were having full-blown conversations at 3-0. Mm-hmm. Like, I turned, but behind me there was a table of all Liverpool supporters. These weren't, these weren't randos who just wandered in. And they were all just kind of chatting, some of them looking at their phones. It was done. It felt done. And then very, very quickly, it felt like, Jesus, actually Tottenham are in this game. And hold on a second. Tottenham have had really good chances to the point where I was like, if I was to rank all the chances that have happened now for both sides, I'd say Tottenham have had the better ones. JJ, it's a 90-minute game. I would say for 70 of those minutes, Tottenham were the better team. But in those other 20 minutes, all they do is concede goals. Unbelievable. We need to talk about the start because you know we love an analogy on this show. We love analogies. And I I want you to help me out here. It felt as if for Tottenham to settle into the job, the game of football, they needed to go three goals behind. And they needed to play badly in that period just to settle in. And I'm thinking, that's like someone asked you, how'd your driving test go? Were you a bit nervous at the start? Everyone's nervous at the start. Yeah, yeah. I needed a little bit to settle in. So I crashed it twice, Mm -hmm. mounted the curb and killed some pedestrians. And after that, I was brilliant. Like Tottenham have to F the situation up before they can deal with what's in front of them. I'm trying to sum this up. Um, and the first thing that I was thinking about as this game ended was I, I almost I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this, but like bear with me as I work my way through it. It's almost like I want to apologize to Tottenham. I feel like I underestimated them in the sense that I kind of thought that I could quit them. Like I kind of thought that like, I can't quit OK, you. they they broke me and like. They they broke me after the 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 run of games the AC Milan Wolves Sheffield United that stretch that was my breaking point, but like, but I underestimated them. I under I vastly underestimated their ability to emotionally destroy their fans. I said that I was broken in that moment, and Tottenham in just one of the all time great oh oh you we broke you huh hold hold our beer hold all of the beer in the world as we show you what broken truly is. And since I was broken, JJ, they had the Southampton game where they allowed two goals in the final 13 minutes for Southampton to equalize. I was like, oh, I mean, look, I'm already broken. What does it matter? They said, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. Then Bournemouth, where they allow, they come back, tied in the 88th, nearly then win it, but then instead allow Bournemouth to come back and re-win it in the 95th. And I said, oh, okay, you're pushing me. You're pushing me, but no, I no, still no. have. I still have pieces yet to be broken. But I, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to rage again. Then the Newcastle game happened. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I had to do a solo pod just to vent. I thought, okay, now I'm well and truly broken. There's nothing that can happen from here on out the rest of the season that can re-break me. I'm done. I'm done. And then this happened. They are inventing new ways to crush their fan base. Go three goals down. You hate them. Ah, f this team. I'm done with them. Whatever. But then they suck you in. Incredible fight back. You love them again. 
You can't help it. I want to hate them, but I can't as I'm watching the fight back. Three goals, dramatic fashion. Richarlison finally scores a goal. His first Premier League goal, JJ, since the Everton Crystal Palace game last year. Can you believe that? That was the last time he scored a Premier League goal. And he does it. And he does it against Liverpool of all teams. And he gives you, he scores at the away end, and he gives you a shirt off, finger on the lip moment. It was just all, they, they, they brought me back. They brought me back and all the stuff that had happened. Yeah, I'll always be mad about all that, but I loved him again for that brief moment. And then what do they do? What do they do? They do that. Lucas Mora, what are you doing? Handing them a goal. There's no time left. Richarlison scores that goal. There's not enough time to get up like that. But they did. How? I can't take it anymore. They've broken me six times this season. They've broken Conte. They got another manager fired. Ryan Mason. He's only been here for two weeks. What did he say after the game? I'm devastated. I'm crushed. He couldn't believe it. He's broken after two games. I've never seen anything like this. A team that does this to their fans over and over. They're inventing ways to destroy this fan base. I don't know what it is. Is it? It's bad players. Sure. The opening 15 minutes of the game solidifies that. This team can't defend for and it's, I mean, I thought Christian Romero was good. I don't know. Is he? I got, progress is not always linear, so I'm not going to quit on him. I've seen that he's good. I saw what he did at the World Cup. He's come back. He's a different player. I'm not quitting on him, but he's not the same guy. Maybe he'll come back next year and be different. Eric Dyer, I've been one of the last holdouts with him. Tottenham fans gave up on him a long time ago. They were all probably right. I like him as a guy. That's the problem. So I've clung to that. But he's not good enough. They're not moving forward with guys like that. Defensively, they're a disaster. Who would have thought after Vertonghen and Alderweireld would leave that the whole bottom would fall out defensively? They can't defend. Madness. With defensive managers too, Mourinho, Conte, guys like that. They can't defend. They're giving up goals for fun. They're inventing ways to concede goals. It's unbelievable. I saw this at Sky Sports. They sum it up beautifully. It's from Sam Blitz. He said, if an alien came down to earth and wanted to know everything about Tottenham's last 15 years, that game at Liverpool would have covered most of it. All you need to know about the Spursy term was laid bare at Anfield. A last chance to keep up the pace with the top four, 3-0 down, winning the hearts and minds of the neutrals to come back to level in stoppage time. Then just as they're about to walk away with a point, concede again by literally gifting Liverpool a goal. That is the most Tottenham thing you will ever see, said Sky Sports' Gary Neville on CoComs as Mora gave the ball away to Jota to run through and score. The Brazilian is responsible for Spurs' finest hour by scoring a hat-trick in a Champions League semifinal, but the fact that he's capable of that error shows why Tottenham have not moved forward. Well said. Perfectly said. Sam Blitz at Sky Sports. He goes on to point out that Tottenham have conceded six goals in the opening 10 minutes in their last three games and and have conceded in the 90th minute or later in four out of their last seven matches. They're getting killed at the beginning. They're getting killed at the end. Why can't they just lose normal? Just give me a few 55th minutes and we'll all be done with it and move on with our day. But they can't. But they just can't be normal. Oh, I've had it. I'm... But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm, I'm broken permanently. I'm not. They'll invent another way next week. Sickening. <laughs> I mean, I'm sickened by them. I'm, I'm really curious about something you said. Like months ago, you discussed about the idea of Spursiness. And you laid it out that, you know, come on, JJ. We've pushed against the idea that a club can actually embody this, this weird uh, personality. And you said, but it must be at the at the training ground. It must be in the way they do business. It must be at the executive level. It must be in the stands. It must be everywhere. That it's a cultural thing that is actually there and is actually real. 
And and now it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. There's no way that game should have finished the way it did. There's like Spurs almost at the moment of victory, they decided we got to be true to our brand here. (laughs) We got to be true to what we are. And we are not. We are not last minute crushing equalizers for the home side at Anfield. We're not that. What we are is destroying ourselves. And right. It's the fact that it was self-inflicted that made it so perfect. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of uh, of chatter on the old interwebs. While we're having this free-form discussion, um, let's chop it up. I, I'm very much uh, an old-school man when it comes to certain things. Some decisions go for you. Some go against you. You can be angry about them. But ultimately, swings and roundabouts. It all comes out in the wash. I don't think there's any grand conspiracy. Although I can understand why West Ham fans, after, after this weekend, might think that that is the case. But I, I'm okay with it. So, like, people complaining about Skip and J- Jota shouldn't have been on the field to even score that. All right, well, Skip shouldn't have been on the field to, to have his, his head kicked. Do you know what I mean? Like, they both could have been off the field. Oh, Jota's was way worse. He shouldn't have. The, the thing oh, that made no, no, way, no, way worse, Andrew, it's not even close. He kicked the guy in the talk? head, cut his forehead open what with the bottom of his boob. About? Oh, give me what a break. He should about? have been gone. It's, a, it's an embarrassment. But the thing that made me mad about whoa, it is whoa, those, I mean, they're the not mo- comparable. The moaner in chief. The moaner in chief, as his player, who shouldn't have been on the field, scores the goal, has got the nerve to scream at the fourth official. What are you so mad about? That guy should have been off. Should have been red carded. That was one of those where you're like... Everyone laughed and, oh, it's Jürgen and everything if you're a Liverpool supporter. But it was one of those where I was like, if you were picking behaviors from your manager, <laughs> that one was absolutely bizarre. Pulled his hamstring running back from it. Sprints over, little shuttle run right into the fourth official's face. Um, well, he hates and- Paul Tierney's guts is what it's about. It's personal with them. It goes well, back uh- to 2021. Uh, PGMOL says, and this was tweeted by Henry Winter, is aware of the comments made by Jurgen Klopp after a side's fixture with uh, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Match officials in the Premier League are recorded in all games via a communication system, and having fully reviewed the audio of referee Paul Tierney from today's fixture, we can confirm he acted in a professional manner throughout, including when issuing the caution to the LFC manager. So therefore, we strongly refute any suggestion that Tierney's actions were improper. FA monitoring the situation, charge likely. I mean, look, I'm bitter right now. I'm I'm fragile. You are, but, but to, I, I think but, I think you're wrong. I, I, but I, to see Klopp behave that way when the guy who did that, I, I'll I'll be a baby. He shouldn't have been on. He should. It's a red card. Like um, I don't get it. I mean, and, and so for like, Klopp to to act that way, I mean, like, give me a break. I oh, actually, do, guy, I, I, I won't take issue with the fact you think it's a red card. I'm okay with that. It is not comparable in the danger that it causes to uh to what was done to skip in terms of like pure, I mean, that's a leg breaker. What skip did to, to Diaz leg breaker. Uh, t- and there's no velocity leg breaker whatsoever. kick to like, the head that draws blood. Like, no, no. Wait, what do you think? Do you think, do you think his brain was damaged? Do you think part of his frontal lobe came out? Andrew, come on, man. We know the difference. It's not even Sadio Mane on Ederson. There's force, force matters being propelled towards someone. Is it a high challenge? You want to see him red card? I'll let you have your red card, but don't compare them. They're not comparable. There's a season ender, a, a leg breaker, and a, and a kick to the head with no velocity behind it. He lifts his leg, Skip runs into it. So what? No velocity. He cut his forehead. Oh my! He's bleeding. Andrew, I'm sorry. There's there's a gap here now forming, and it's the gap between, like honestly, when when you play the game and you lift your leg up that high in that scenario like that, 
you are not, you, you give him a superficial cut. So what? That is not the same, like I said, as Mane on Ederson. It's not, and it's certainly not the same in terms of danger. As is, the it, is it red or not? If you want it to, like, personally, the way Tierney, I'd say the way, I'm being serious now, not, not being tribal, but I'd say the reason Tierney didn't give a red was because, um, so like by, by the law, it would have been reckless. We remember the nanny one years ago where he, he's, the ball's coming over his shoulder. It's against Real Madrid at Old Trafford in the Champions League. The ball's coming over his shoulder and he lifts his leg to control it. And he, he I think it's Arbaloa and he catches Arbaloa right in the chest and he gets a red card. And the, the ruling was you have to be recklessness in terms of, of the law of the game is being totally unaware of the players around you or not careful of the players around you. And I think that Tierney looked at it and he thought, look, he's going for the ball in this in this scenario and that skip arrives in as well and that he just didn't want to give it a red. If it's, I'm actually okay if it's a red. I'm okay. But, but, it, but I'm not okay with how skip was not straight uh, sent off for his challenge either. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Okay I think. With I think for me, it's the fact that it, if Klopp hadn't acted that way oh, in I'm the wake bad. of it, I probably wouldn't feel so strong. You really, you really that wound up about. It's Klopp. the fact that, like, no. Of course, I am. By the way, everyone else who's not a Liverpool fan is too. I think like this think, is this is this is the stuff he does. He's a great manager. He he might oh, after, after Pep, he's one of the, he's one of the greatest I've ever seen. But like these are the this is the stuff he does that causes people to hate his guts. Oh, it's like you've been handed a gift. Like of of all the the red card or, or all the refereeing decisions in this game, you got the gift, and then that player who who benefited from it just scored the winner. Shut your mouth. Like, what are you kidding me? Yeah, to scream at the referee like that. You bet. No one benefited more today than than you from that decision. That player scored the goal. Mm. Ah, I mean, that's the stuff that like I probably would not be this wound up if they if he had just celebrated normally. But it's the fact that he's furious with the ref and in his celebration has to voice that fury. Stop. I I, I do think we're seeing a classic distilled example of, of of what everyone really is complaining about is that this the Premier League is convincing itself that it has to be the 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 you know, the the high power, high physicality. We pick ourselves up. We get on with it. Therefore, Skip's not sent off for a total red. And then Jot is not sent off for a kick to the head. That's what we're seeing, really, if we're being truthful. It's a continuation of a lot of other things that we've seen. And, um, and, and fans and players and everyone is going to be frustrated until they kind of drop this. Like, it's a free kick or it's not. I mean, there's no way. There's no, there's no way either of those scenarios... Um, like, like, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll say it's a red card for Jota. There's no way that those should be allowed. Skip, skip on on Diaz and and uh, and Jota and skip. Like, just however much I would differentiate between the two tackles. If they're both reds, they're both reds. But the Premier League really has to to sort itself out on this. Um, but what a start by Liverpool. I know where I know this has turned into a view from the lane a little bit, but that start from Liverpool was really, really good. I mean. The the Trent Alexander Arnold pass to uh, for the opener was was just brilliant to Curtis Jones for the opener it was absolutely fantastic. Now I yeah. will say again, as good as that was, I'm not even a you know I'm obviously not a Tottenham supporter, and I'm delighted Liverpool have scored. But straight away my podcast brain has clicked into gear, and I'm like Lee Dixon is destroying Poro. For the two of them going after Diaz. And I don't think it's great. I think Poro can slide. But the man who gives up and downs tools and doesn't track 
uh, Curtis Jones isn't Poro. It's Kuliszewski. Kuliszewski's just in the lead up to the, in the build up, just being dispossessed by Curtis Jones, is on the ground, picks himself up and lets him run in. Like that's, that's the kind of awareness that, or the, the lack of awareness that, that's blighted Tottenham in those starts that you're talking about. Do your job. Don't expect someone else to do it. You were tracking him. You've lost the ball to him. Personal pride, man. Get back into position. And I don't want to hear it. Well, you know, it was 10, 15 yards. He wouldn't have made it. He should have tried. He should have made an attempt. He didn't. Fair and enough. Was, but I, like, I, I'm not like, saying and it does, But I'm not, I'm not absolving Poro or, or the other defender, Romero. Poro. Or whoever it was. It's Poro. Like Romero has, I forget who the player Romero was. Romero has Diaz and he should slide. It's obvious. Right. Like, There's the, no need for two of them to be there. But at right. the same time, Andrew, everyone was down in twos. And that's the point with Spurs. Well, Poro ultimately is a defender. Like he, he should have some Jesus instinct Christ. to know are you that. Going to like... be that are, are you going to be that obtuse? It's a, I'm making a broader point about players tracking back, about players doing their jobs, about being switched on, which they weren't for the first 15 minutes. Are you going to argue me? Argue with me now that that they were? No, not arguing anything. I'm just but, saying Poro is also at fault. Right, what, is, just, what is there I'm, to disagree with? All right, Romero has a player covered. All right, offender. He's allowed okay. a player in behind him. Uh, yeah, sure. Kulisevsky should have tried too. Poro is also at fault. What's he doing? I, I, ju- I just think like, I mean, how can you win with a team where I've just been dispossessed? The guy that I've been dispossessed by, I'm tracking him. I can see him for 10 yards. I can see that the pair of e- idiots at center back have gone to mark one guy, have all stood across, and I do nothing. I watch it. That's my point. I I get. I won't say you're wrong. I got to go back and see where Kulusevsky was. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, they were a disaster. They were all a disaster in the first 15 minutes. This is this is how it's been. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say on it. Like this has been just like it was. It was a repeat performance of Newcastle. It was even Manchester United. We haven't covered going two nil down. Uh, in, in the first half of that game. They did fight back for at least a point in that one. You're right. There are bad players in there. And there are players that, like, that defense has to be completely rethought again. Like, probably, what is this, the third iteration since Alderweireld? And, um, like, it, it has to be it has to be reimagined or whatever. But, um, but, like, I saw enough today from Spurs to think that, you know, actually, I didn't. Because no, the problem is uh... Kane's going to go, isn't he? Probably. Yeah, so that, cha- that changes the dynamic. Did you see in the second half, I mean, quite apart from the fact the, and, and I do want to talk about, the, well, let me do this first. The Diaz goal, by the way, I don't want to talk about Spurs' mistakes there. That's such a brilliant finish and such a brilliant piece of play and a cutback from Gakpo, who looked really good, particularly in the first half. Mm-hmm. To catch it, to be falling and kind of catch it on the volley and lift it into the net from that angle. Like, absolutely fantastic goal. Um, and then the, the Kane goal. Like that is a brilliant finish, like a like a truly great finish, a great work from from Perisic, who so much is being asked of him right now in that wing pack position, and at thirty four, it's not ideal. And I know they don't have the cover. I get that, but I thought he, I thought he, like there was times he seemed overwhelmed today, but there was other, he just battled manfully. That's the that's the that's the cliche term, and he battled his way in. And the ball he played for Kane for the goal, um. I know Van Dyke slips, but even still, like it's such a brilliant, brilliant pass, and that's exactly what you bought him for. That's exactly what you want him doing. But, but, but going to Kane, just in the second half, there was one switch of play. He's out on the left hand side, and he hooks it over his shoulder. This, like, I don't know if you remember this unbelievable pass. 
Like he's truly, I, I wonder what the strategy is here. And you looked at Daniel Levy today and you think, does this guy have a plan? Because if Kane goes and you get a significant fee for him, is there a plan to rebuild here? Because this may be, what we saw here today may be the last, I know they were beaten, but the last really like, Tottenham performance or, or a Tottenham that we know that we can relate to because I think if Kane goes this team it's in danger gonna, of falling it's, apart it's gonna get who's, worse. who's the other stars who's the other stars when he goes like Son fair enough but Son's not we've seen Son's not enough to carry on his own Um, tell me your next big player who is he no it, it'll it's gonna get worse before it gets better right when they lost Bale you know they brought in those seven guys to see what would stick a couple did but it didn't get better until they fell ass backwards into it with Kane. That was like that wasn't part of the plan, you know. He 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 was doing okay. They thought let's give this guy a shot, and next thing you know, it's arguably the greatest striker in the last fifty years of the club. Can I um, can I can I just you can't hold bank you on on that happy accident happening again? Right. So I so Ken Early made a point last week, and his point kind of it's it's similar to point I made before, which I said he always goes for the the manager of the day, right? And he, he kind of accidented into Pochettino because like every other manager apart from Redknapp hasn't been good. They haven't. Um, there's not there's no real argue when you look at it. And Kane, like you said, was a happy accident. Like if you're looking at Levy now in the stands and thinking this guy is not the guy like there, there needs to be a change, a serious change of who's directing the club. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's taken them as far as he can and and we've talked about this that they just need new ideas. Like they mm. need somebody who can who can find a way to get them to that next level who can see through a rebuild. Um because that's that's where this is all headed. I mean, look, I, I do think Bentoncourt coming back next year, whenever that does happen, I don't know if he'll miss the start of next season. I think mm. he's great. But yeah, there's there's gonna be, I would think, wholesale changes. Um but the other issue with them is like the term we keep using and, and like I the term I keep seeing thrown around culture, like the culture of the club. Uh, I don't know how you, I guess that only can change. Well, I want to say that can only change with players changing and managers changing, but but that's not true. Like that's been, that's proven out. They have changed players. They've changed managers many times uh, in the last, I mean, this is like, this isn't just like since Pochettino into yeah. Mourinho into whoever, like this is, this predates all of them. And this is what everyone knows this club to be. The players and managers have changed many times over. And like Gary Neville saying it today, it's just the most Tottenham thing you've ever seen. Like he's not saying that for no reason. So I don't know. I don't know how that changes. I, I want to say if they maybe if they lift a trophy, it does something and suddenly like it clicks. And but I don't know. I I, I just don't know. I saw just on the Liverpool side of things. I saw so many good things from Liverpool today at the start. And then so many bad and disturbing things. You know, I don't know. Well, they stopped playing. Yeah. I mean, it was really wild. After that, from like pretty much the 20th minute on, they just kind of shut it down. Um, I think it's almost like, JJ, the way you were saying the fans at the Monroe, like they were. They shut themselves like, down, yeah. Like they were a reflection of essentially their club. Like, oh, Tottenham, like they're, they're Newcastling it again. Like we can just enjoy our day. Uh, well, the game will be on in the background and we'll all just like have a good laugh at what's going on here. And I think that was reflected in how Liverpool felt, but credit to Tottenham. They didn't, they did not stop. No. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, if you're, but Liverpool... you can still find gaps. 
you know, I know Trent Alexander-Arnold, when we have the ball, he uh, when we don't have the ball, he's a fullback. When we have the ball, he slots into midfield. Like, yeah, what do you think of that? I don't, it's double jobbing. It's too hard. How many times is that right back position vacated and you see him running back and you're like, where was he? Well, he was in the center of the park. That's where he was. And Van Dyke trying to cover for him. Like he can't, I don't think he can do that now. I mean, you saw him uh, get roasted when, by Perisic. Did you? Yeah. But did you? Yeah. There's a couple of times where I'm being like, He's he's lost a yard. He definitely has. You could see it there. And asking him to do that now is not going to work. I don't think even asking... Well, Kanate is a, confuses me. I, there's times when I think he's absolute world class, and then there's other times where I'm like, I, I, I wonder about him. But yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Liverpool do leave those gaps. Spurs had so many kind of breakaways. And how many times did you hit the post? I mean, for uh, God's sake. Let's see. So... Sun, well, Sun had one cleared off the line. That was kind of what started this. Oh, okay, they're, they're still got some life in them. Then right before the half, which I thought was a huge opportunity that they blew, when Kulisevsky took it off, Andy Robertson was 1v1. Yes. Put a good shot on net. He should have laid it off to Kane is what he should have done. But uh, then that was followed. Sun slammed one off the post right before the half. That was all right before the half. Then at the start of the second half, within a minute, Sun and Romero both hit the post. I mean, like, <laughs> it never goes this way, and Liverpool could probably play this game as well. But, like, on another day, Tottenham could have had six in this one. If their finishing was a little more – if their finishing was as ruthless as Liverpool's was in this game, they would have scored five, six, or seven. So the XG was, like, Tottenham two-point-something. That's it? Li- Liverpool – yeah. I'll tell you what it was right now, actually. So um, the XG, Andrew, sometimes surprises – uh, so in the first, th- after 35 minutes, <laughs> it was 1.82 to Liverpool, three goals, 0.01 to Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Liverpool for the whole game, 2.46, Tottenham 2.03. So I guess a couple <sighs> of those shots were not high XG shots, even even the ones that hit the post. But that doesn't matter to me because I, I, I felt... Look, shots on target. Even look, look at that as a metric. If you just just for the sake of argument, Tottenham had seven, Liverpool had four. Insane, insane game. A truly insane game. Oh man, it was. And I, I am broken, but I can still break. Yeah, that is and the I'm sorry. Of the season. I, I, I'm sorry for getting ratty with you as well. Yeah, you did. I, I didn't need that. I didn't need that. <laughs> you didn't need it, but. What, what was, was just, what was that? Well, do you know what triggered me? What triggered me was, and it's great what, that, that I got I, mad at Klopp. No, oh no, I didn't mind that. No, no, no. I like I totally understand people who get upset with Klopp. If I if I wasn't a Liverpool supporter, I'd be like, oh, this guy, does he ever stop? Well, because um, I wanted to blame Poro. No, no, it was because you said, well, Poro's a defender. Like that mindset is is like it's a crime to me. Look, Everybody... it's, not, it's not to absolve Kulisevsky. I'm not saying that that absolves him and takes him off the hook, but that does, but like, it sounded like that's what you were doing was absolving Poro. No, I, like no, he can't it, be absolved for that. There's a guy I, who's covering, I, again, I keep forgetting if it was Gakpo or Sala in front, like, no, it was, D- it was he, Diaz. Or Diaz, fine, Diaz, uh, Diaz. Like he just, no, but he, for... he, he doesn't that he can't be allowed to shut down when he sees that guy is there and somebody's coming in from behind him. Like, it's, oh, like it is it, part of his job. It's a basic you get him and I'll get him at the back post. It's that simple. I get that. But I just hate when it's like Kulisevsky had a chance to clear the lines. And, he, and he's dispossessed. And the fact that then, OK, that's me done. 
No, no. Can't be like that. But anyway, maybe that's that's symptomatic of a team that concedes no, the goals. You like wanted that. to yell. I did not absolve Kulusevsky. I was saying Poro's also to blame, but you you I think it was about Klopp. I think you got mad. Oh, I don't, you didn't like that. No, no, no. You, you can, wanted to yell at me. No. Are you happy? No, it's okay. That's, you know, that, you've, you've made a bad day worse. All right. That's geez. what you've done here. Not really. That's what you've done. Seriously? No. Come on. We're still best buds. Tell yourself that to to sleep well tonight. <laughs> you can't be serious. Whatever no, it I takes. Can't, I can't go to bed. Never, never let the sun set on your anger, Andrew. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah, I don't know that I buy that. <laughs> I, really? I sometimes think it's okay to go to bed angry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good is. old stew between the sheets about what's uh, happened. I, I, because so, like, okay, let's just fight all night. You know, like, is that better? Let's sometimes going to bed, you wake up in the morning, you think, you know what? Like, you've, you slept on it, you wake up and it's a new day and you kind of forgot what you were mad about. Is that like, uh, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, this idea of never go to bed angry. Let's, okay, so let's like stay up till three in the morning and fight and then we'll like make up at that point. Like, uh, neither one is good. Sometimes, yeah, it fight, was, um, it was know. just something my mother used to say a lot. Never let Everyone. the sun set on your anger. Yeah. All right. And I get it. You'll get a better night's sleep if you, if you can brush things under the carpet. Uh, yeah, just a quick one. We didn't actually get into what Klopp accused Paul Tierney. So uh, Jurgen Klopp accused referee Paul Tierney of saying something that, quote, is that is not okay when issuing a yellow card for Klopp's celebration after Jota's 94-minute uh, winner. Klopp said he also wants to know what Tierney has against us. See, that that's the stuff right there that I think is... Come here. That's the stuff I hate. Yeah. His antics aside, this is the stuff that drives me absolutely bonkers. Lopetegui was at it. Silva was at it. Who was the other manager that was at it, Andrew? Someone high profile saying, uh, like deliberately trying to suggest that the, the results, that the referees have some kind of... And that's the stuff that drives the hatred online against referees. Yeah. That causes all these conspiracy theories. Because um, Klopp, apparently Klopp thought that the foul that was given on Salah uh, that I, that set up Richarlison yes. the free kick. Klopp thought that was soft, and that so, was that was where his anger came from. So how can they not give a foul on Mohamed Salah before Spurs start goal? We have our history with Tierney. I really don't know what he has against. Oh, that's us. right. Yeah, it wasn't the foul that led to the free kick. It was a foul before that on that, Salah. That wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't okay. called because right, the right. foul itself by James Miller was a free kick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't I know I, I don't like that. I will never defend any manager doing that because that stuff drives me mad. And it also impacts my mental health because as much as I love our listeners, there are some who love screen grabs and who have the screen grabs ready to go of every offense that was ever done against them. Arsenal fans, Tottenham fans in particular, and now I would imagine West Ham West Ham fans. <sighs> I am um, so come here, what are you gonna I'm so I'm just your dream end like just end season. You want it over, yeah. You Just end. Over. Like, I can't. How much more of that? And I watch every week. Like, I can't. It's the thing. is like, I can't stop watching. Um, But God, oh my. God, it's a bad addiction, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Like, I can't. I can't stop. But you want to. <laughs> you know it's not healthy. You know it's not good for you to keep. <laughs> like, you know the outcome. You know how it's all going to end. But. Man, they just keep bringing you back and back. It, and you know just... what? It's it's a it's like being in love, isn't it? With someone, and you, you know you shouldn't be, and it's not going to work out. But you keep going, and you keep doing the same things over again, thinking it'll change. Yeah, 
Yeah, for like the one day where like she's amazing. Yes. And it's like, wow, this day was heaven. And it's like, okay, marry me. And then, okay, well, now we're engaged. And then the next day, she's empties your bank account, <laughs> takes your car, smashes it into a pole, sleeps uh, with your brother, sleeps with your brother. And then you, you, you're crazy. Like, you're furious. But then, like, a few days later, she's amazing again. And it's like this endless cycle that you know is unhealthy, but you can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's you and Tottenham. The culture thing, the culture thing is just like, I find, I find that fascinating. I do. must be like, there has to be an expert out there who can explain that it's like this, this effect that it might have on the players there, but more so, I wonder if it's an effect on opposing teams that it's just like, you're never like an opposing team will never truly be afraid of Tottenham. Like they're going to always play against them with another sense of confidence that maybe against other good clubs they don't have because they, the narrative of that club is just different. You feel differently. I don't know. There has to be. It's too much of a coincidence. There has to be some kind of reason that this that that this is the way they are. Can I can I pose this to you? What if it turns out? And we we've all been in work workplaces where there's one person who ruins the vibe and the buzz. What if there's a person that's been there for like twenty five years? Her name is Phyllis, Mm -hmm. and she's absolutely the office gossip. And she, but she's across everything. So she's gossiping at the training ground. She's sowing dissent in the tea room. She's in your cheese room causing problems. You know, she's just poisonous. What if it's just one person called Phyllis? And she's at the heart of this. The heart, the center of it all. It all leads back to Phyllis. Yeah, that's probably it. I think you, I think you nailed it there. (laughs) Uh, uh, What else happened? I, there were so many other things that I cared so much about. Um, we can get we can we can then, like this them. was the Come last on. game of the weekend. I had like I, there were so many other things. I was just like, wow, holy crap. And then this happened. Yeah, you you did like, a rundown before this game. You before fool. the game. I did it before because I was like, oh, how, Tottenham are going to lose like, oh, they're down three nil. Like, OK, I'll, I'll like, yeah, whatever. But then like all the other stuff happened. And it's just like, uh, all right, breathe. Two amazing breathe. Sundays for you, though. Your solo yeah, pad last yeah. Sunday, which was well received by everyone. I, I I spoke to a guy today who's a Real Madrid fan, Sammy, teammate of mine. Oh yeah. Sammy was like, I loved it. <laughs> loved it. Well, I, that's that's some consolation, I suppose. Yeah. This is, after all, an entertainment vehicle. So if it's entertaining people, then it's worth it. But it's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not meant to. It is like we are trying to entertain, but it's not meant to. Like it's just how I feel i know tottenham fans listening i know you all relate and feel this like i'm i that's the that's the one like solace i take is that like there's an army of us that feel this way i know i'm not alone misery loves company and it's just like there's so many of us out there i if i'm reflecting the way people feel then i'm happy to do so i think i am i think i am yeah from the people i hear from this season has just been torture i don't know it's just like my buddy doug he he posted on twitter something like uh, something to the effect—I forget his exact tweet—but it was something like, "I don't understand Tottenham. Like, how, how are they're so bad? We all see that they're bad. How are they where they are in the table?" Yeah. And I wrote back. I said, "I don't know. You're so right." I was like, "It's one of the great mysteries of our time that they're ahead of Brighton." But now somebody I, did point out that Brighton have two games at hand and are only like a point or two back. I forget. So that's all going to change. Eventually, it'll all even out, and Tottenham will drop. They'll drop back to where they probably where they belong. But where they belong is where Chelsea are. But, but well, that's the point because someone texted me today. The the inconsistencies of the top sides is unparalleled. 
this season. Like, if you look how bad Chelsea are, look how bad Liverpool have been, mostly apart from this little run now. Uh, Manchester United as well, as good as they have been, they've not been great, and they've never been able to hammer home that that huge, like not huge, but you always felt that they were of of the other sides, the outside of Arsenal and Man City, the form side. It's like everybody's kind of having this this. They're in the malaise. Everybody. And I guess for that reason, Tottenham have been able to hang around there. And as good as the Brightons are and the Fulhams are, Fulham have had their dip inevitable. Brighton are, you know, they're, they've hung in there, but they're, you know, I guess it's just, yeah, it's it's really a case of some of the really good sides that you, you expect to be in the upper echelons haven't been there. And those, so, so Spurs have been able to hang on a little bit. What a weird season. Let's go through it. The other stuff from the weekend. I, I'm starting to wonder now, um, you know, so much of this season has been dominated by the uncertainty, which has made it fun. Uncertainty at every level, the top of the table, the race for top four, certainly the relegation race. And I'm speaking to what you're just saying now. I, I'm I'm starting to wonder if things are actually starting to settle into place a little bit. Let's go through some of it. We'll start at the top where obviously Manchester City uh, beating Arsenal during the week. We all kind of felt that that signified probably the end of the title race. But there is always still that chance of a slip up. Maybe there's another twist to this. Um, But Manchester City, it was not easy for them. Fulham uh, were not willing to be the punching bag en route to another city championship but city do enough they score early on a penalty unfortunately this was a nightmare day for tim ream he commits the penalty and then later jj he breaks his arm he's done for the season and we'll see what that means too for his time with the u.s men's national team because my guess is on the back of what has been a pretty successful season for him he was going to have a role to play in at least some of this summer whether that be the nation's league or the gold cup uh but now maybe that's out and if that is out He's getting up there. I have. I wonder if the World Cup might have been his final act. Oh, I would. I. I. It, it, it depends. It's, how, it's sad like, if that. Like I arms mean, are arms are weird. Yeah, you, that's true. You, you break them. You can like it could heal pretty quickly. It depends what kind of fracture it is, and then how quickly can you get him into a cast or a bandage that he's allowed play in and that he can use his arm. Um, that's the big one. I would love to see him play this summer because just by his, like you said, by his age profile. He's not going to be at the next World Cup, let's be real. No, no, but but what I'm thinking about is, okay, maybe if he can't recover in time to play this summer, is there still enough there that the Copa America is something that, that he could get into? Or by that point, will they have moved on at center back? Uh, I don't think they'll have moved on. If he's, yeah. still in, if he's going to be in the Premier League and he's still starting regularly in the Premier Captain, League. Captain, yeah. Yeah, he's going, to be the, he's going to be an option there, definitely. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. I hope you're right. I, I love that guy. It's an unfortunate way for what was a great season of his to to come to an end. Uh, but yeah, Manchester City, like if this was the trap game for them, they they did enough. There's just so much quality there. I mean, like it's Holland, it's De Bruyne, but then like Alvarez. the goal that Julian Alvarez scored, just a, an amazing goal. Beautiful. I am going to annoy you again. Oh. Alvarez's curlers, it's an absolute beaut. It's uh-huh. got everything, got pace, whip, power. It's a great goal. My goal of that game was Vinicius's goal. Okay. I loved Harry Wilson's little directed header into his path, and I loved the way Vinicius took it for first time in the volley. Absolutely beautiful goal, and I'm going to have it in my top five goals of the season. <laughs> Along with 14 others. You're cramming yeah. them all into your top five. Get them all in. 
It's like when Dick Vitale at the end of the season, he's going through like the teams that got robbed from making the tournament. And like, next thing you know, his bracket would have been like 143 teams. Like not everyone can make it. Um, yeah, that, that was a nice goal. I, I don't know that. Uh, I loved it. I see that if it's top five for you, I, I think you're going to be surprised at the end of the year when like we go back and actually look at the goals of the season. I think, I think, I think but, I, might... I, but you see, I have such weird, my, my tastes are so weird. I'm like, I'm like a, a goal scoring. I'm a, a goals pervert. Like it's little things. The thing I loved about that was the way he took the volley, but also the way that the, the ball was, I love redirected headers where the ball is going one way. You think he just nods it back changes the course of the play i love that stuff so here's a question i have for you as we transition from top of the table to top four the race for that is that seems like it's settling a little bit too with newcastle and manchester united both winning um goal of the season jj now here's my question for you Mm -hmm. an existential existential question can it be a considered a goal of the season when the guy scoring the goal is not the object of what was so impressive about the goal. Yes, it can. Alexander Isak. Oh, my God. In Newcastle's last game. Oh, my all, God. All of that stuff that he did. I don't even know how to... I hope we've all just seen it. Like, I'm, I can't adequately describe it. He just dribbles for days through... Every, Michael Keane is still looking for him. Like, <laughs> it's it's sad. Uh, now, the and fact then, that he dribbles past Michael Keane might be something that, may, that takes away from it. <laughs> Status is a great goal, but it's not. It's it's such a super run. You absolutely can have it. And, and may I give you an example? Okay. So I would say Fernando uh, Redondo's, I mean, it's called the Redondo, his amazing turn on Henningberg at Old Trafford. And then he goes down the line and he slips it in. And it's basically a tap-in for Raul. Mm-hmm. We all remember that goal for the Redondo. It's one of my favorite goals that's ever been scored. And yet, like the most basic act of it the actual scoring of the goal is not the big part of the goal right and that i think is where like if the, right now it's among my favorites for goal of the season i, I but, it's but there my, might be controversy with it because the actual scoring of the goal was not impressive no no i i refuse in in this case there must be uh some kind of dispensation made for for isaac to do what he did and also you know what the rarest thing is running down the sideline and then getting to the end line and running down the end line. You you just don't see it because space is tight. There's always lots of defenders. Didn't matter. Didn't matter to him. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. I don't know how he did it. It was incredible. And Newcastle are just flying. I mean, God, they just, they just look so good. And it feels like it's, it's almost different guys each game. I mean, Isak has been at the center of a lot of this, but if if it's not Joe Linton, then it's Gimarish or Almiron or Callum Wilson is scoring goals for fun. Now it's just, I don't know. They are, they're flying right now. They went through that little blip about a month and a half or so ago. And we wondered if they were running out of steam. We were wrong. We were absolutely wrong. Um, it's, imp- it's really impressive. And I, they're, they're going to be playing champions league football next season. I'm, I'm there now. It's, it's, they're there. Uh, additionally, uh, Manchester United, uh, eking out a, a tough one nil in a, a pretty fun game actually over a pesky Aston Villa side. Um, Bruno Fernandez, uh, after blowing a golden chance to score a potential winner against Tottenham during the week, when he had that open net and somehow hit the crossbar, makes up for it, scoring today, um, and an important win for for United as well. As I think, like I said, I feel like space now. I mean, JJ, it's funny. So I had said a couple months ago, I was adamant. I said, Liverpool are getting top four. 
They'll find a way, just like water finds its lowest point, Liverpool will find a way for this to be a successful season. Right. That's what this era is under Klopp. They just find a way to make it successful. And I don't... I'm having a harder time now holding that position with the way things are, are looking. No, it's not happening. It's not Seven happening. points back. Uh, Liverpool are fifth, so they have gotten into the Europa League spot. They, they're seven back of United, though, um, and United do have a, a match at hand as well. And Liverpool United... have a significant goal differential edge. It's not an edge. They're plus 13 better than what United are, but I don't see that coming into play. You know, and United, the last month, haven't been great, but they've still eked out a few wins. Um, the, the disappointment in Seville doesn't seem to be as seismic as I thought it would be. If they were still involved in the Europa League, I'd actually I kind of fancy maybe Liverpool could do something, but I don't feel it right now. I just also, don't feel too, it. And it like I I wonder were you paying close enough attention? Like the Lindelof, his his header on the line off the line to save a goal. Like he should he should be awarded a goal for that. It's like he scored United a goal. Incredible defending by yeah, him to he, be in that was... spot. The reflexes and instincts. I mean, that was you know, like I said, I. I I think United are safe, but part of that reason is stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they'll yeah. they'll have grounded out in the end, really. Um, but I mean, it'll be it'll be a solid, solid season for Ten Hag. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that. I'm 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 not so much locked into that part of the table, Andrew. The relegation is really, really um, getting to me. And I'm wondering if that is starting to sort itself out as well. Now, I think that is, of all these races, that is definitely still the most competitive. But a few of the teams that we thought were involved with this race a few weeks ago, um, technically they still are, but I feel like there's a little bit of space developing. Bournemouth, huge, huge, and a a six-pointer up against Leeds, 4-1, pounding of Leeds. Jefferson, Jefferson Lerma, great. Bamford gets one back. No rattling from Bournemouth. They come back two more to to see them off four one. It's getting ugly. Leeds supporters were, I mean, they it was ugly as as Leeds went to applaud their fans at the end of the game. Um, they they were met with a lot of rage uh, from their their fans. Well, I've got a, a message from uh, from a fan, uh, basically the biggest Leeds fan I know. Um, so I reached out to we'll call him Welsh Wayne uh, for this. And um, the things he says are kind of a good, a kind of a good tester of the of the away support and how they would be feeling after that. Because he used to travel home and away for Leeds mm-hmm. uh, before he moved here. He said, "Club is toxic, toxic from top to bottom. The speed of the demise from Bielsa to, di- to today is incredible. Anger has now turned to the board and particular Victor Orta. The mess of Bielsa to Marsh to Gracia is coming back to haunt us big time." It's just a strange transition that nobody thought was going to work, and it has proved to be true. Players simply not good enough, especially defensively. Meslier's, uh, Melier rather is having a nightmare. Ooh, we, he what was we so are wi- bad today. Oh, he was shocking. Absolutely shocking. <clears throat> yeah. What we are witnessing is a club in complete freefall. How we are not in the bottom three is beyond me, but it won't be long. This is the this is the kicker. I'm resigned to Championship football next season, as we are simply not good enough. Uh, well, I, I understand. <laughs> it's funny. Like they're 16th, so he he can be resigned all he wants, but you have to take into account the crap that surrounds you. That may just be enough. They're not good. I'm so curious, JJ, because Bielsa will always hold this place 
in Leeds' hearts, as he yeah. should. He got them back up, um, and he was their first season back was a dream. Mm. Um, but I wonder, like, so he's kind of locked in that echelon among Leeds' support. Do you think, like, he got out maybe, he was let go maybe just in time, I feel like, to preserve his legacy? Because I want, like, I don't, this idea that, like, maybe they never should have gotten rid of him, I don't think that I agree with that. No, I don't like, I, I think it was still heading in this direction. It might have even been accelerating with the way that he was playing. And, and the like, like, who was it, Welsh Wayne? Like, he says that they don't have good players, they don't defend. And that was all kind of, like, really laid bare under him. I I agree, and I think there needed to be a pivot to something different afterwards. But they tried to do a Bielsa light with Marsh, yeah, and he didn't really have either of the players. Also, their transfer windows haven't been good. No, they just all. have not been good. And you put it all together. Um, just want to say before we move off this game on the Jefferson Lerma goal. One thing I noticed was the way the ball squeezes out right as Lerma's winding up to hit it. It's spinning in place on the turf. It's it's so weird, and it he now he opens his body out perfectly. But it was just it was crying out to be hit. Um, and and on on Melier, um, he should save the fourth goal. Like of he should, he should. A, absolutely save the fourth goal. And the uh the second goal, the mistake is it's just unforgivable. I, I actually think as a young keeper, there's a lot he can do. I think he could be a really good player down the line, but right now it's not what you need in a relegation battle. Yeah. Weston McKenney either as well on the Lerma goal. He got called out by commentary for making a half. This, this is their words, not mine. Half-hearted attempt. Um, they are missing Tyler Adams like there's no tomorrow. They're missing a potent goal scorer. Um, they're, they're in real trouble. And I think too, just thinking about the last few seasons for them, I think just like... Missing Calvin Phillips is another one that I keep thinking about. Uh, yeah. Like maybe the defensively not having great players was shielded somewhat by having him. Uh, and then they still had him, but he was hurt. He missed so much of the previous season. Then he goes off. They they tried replacing with Adams. That worked, I would say, to a certain extent. Uh, but now not having him. But also they never really replaced Matthias Click. I know he was like the last, he was on his way to MLS for a while. Like you felt like it was the end, but he was so crucial for those maybe, well, those really successful seasons under Bielsa. And then he goes and has he been replaced? I'm not so sure. Um, Wolves absolutely smashed by Brighton six nil. Good Lord. I mean, a, a... I only saw the first goal in this game and it was so good. Um, Brighton are Brighton are what you really if you're just a lover of, of sport or you have any feeling for supporters, you want Deserby to have another season there, but you can't see it. Um, It would surprise me, but like, so let's think about that though. So there's only a certain type of club that he would go to, right? So there has to be a vacancy mm -hmm. for that kind of, for that job. So who are the teams that are going to be looking for managers next season that are of that echelon? Let's just stay in the Premier League for a sec. Not that he needs to, but let's just do that for this exercise. City, no. Newcastle, no. United, no. Uh, Arsenal, no. Liverpool, no. So it's just Tottenham. Is he leaving Brighton Chelsea. right now? For, uh, and Chelsea. Chelsea and Tottenham. Is he leaving for the Tottenham job right now to embark on a rebuild? I don't, no. think, I don't think he leaves Brighton for that. Is he leaving for Chelsea? Um, I think there's a better chance of that, although 
it seems like Chelsea had their eyes on Pochettino. Not that that's a given at this point, but of all the names that have been thrown around for whatever reason, Deserbi's doesn't feel like doesn't feel like one that you've heard very much with links to that job. Are Chelsea going to want to go back to another Brighton manager? Will they think that there's any kind of link there that, you know, I don't know. I guess that one is possible, but the point is there's, he could, he could there's very in, few of these. Yeah, but he might, there may be some job in Italy that it, it will want to be one of the top, top jobs in Italy. But I mean, again, that it could only be what? Like Juve? <clears throat> Juve. Uh, like, is there going to be managerial changeover at AC Milan or Inter Milan? No. Napoli? I wouldn't be shocked if there was a change at Napoli, but, you know, I mean, Spalletti's done an amazing job, but uh, maybe. What? How? Why? I, I don't know. I, I You just say De Gerbi and, and Napoli, and I feel like that's a fit. Just immediately. You know, maybe one day, but I don't think that that would happen now. Mm. How could it? No, I don't I guess know. Not. I, 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 guess, I guess not. I just, it just, the general feels like point it... is that there's just not like we can say there's a good chance he's gone, but there's not many of them, not many of these openings that he would leave this situation for right now. So if they take care of him, you know, and I think that, you know, I don't know what his situation is contractually, but as long as he's set financially there, if they can keep, I mean, what was it he said a few weeks ago? Matoma will be back. He didn't use those words, but he, in his press conference, cryptically, and there were even people in the, press conference room that like seemed like they applauded after he said it yeah so it like the implication was that both he and matoma would be returning i gotta find what the quote was um so i don't know i i anticipate him being back there again but i'd love it i'd love it that's what i like that i guess money talks though like if chelsea do decide that he's their guy then i don't that doesn't excite me anymore like oh i wonder what he'd do at chelsea when i was a kid and i'd watch the league and you know a manager would would be would be taken away from a smaller club and you go to a big club. I was excited for that. Like I'm rarely excited for that anymore. I kind of want the bigger clubs to have a chance to be good longer. You, you know. What you mean the smaller clubs a chance to Sorry, be good. the smaller clubs. Yeah, yeah. I want I want them to be good for longer. Like Lopetegui. I hope he lasts longer. Although Wolves is not exactly the same kind of thing as Brighton. But anyway, where are we going next? Uh West Ham. Oh. Losing in a a thriller to Palace, but they do remain five points up from the drop. Andrew, it wasn't a penalty. Okay. I'm going to go with Moyes on that. It wasn't a penalty. I didn't see enough. I didn't see enough actual contact. That's got to be a factor. Um, And now this, again, this is feeding into a sense of, of victimhood for West Ham fans because we know only last weekend there was the, the incident with, the, or last week rather, the incident with Liverpool where Thiago handballs in the box. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's going to cost them big time in the end, but um, that would have been a nice point to pick up. Very nice point to pick yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Um, but I, I, I mostly agree. Like we said the other day, I think that I'd rather be them right now than almost anyone else uh, in terms of this relegation race. And I think they'll be okay. Um, but yeah, that penalty, man, that was. I, I, I'm not given that. And you've got, you've got so much VAR. Like it's, if if VAR can't be sure. Now I wasn't watching the game live. My friend, my friend Luke was, and he was losing his mind. He goes, "How many replays do you need? It's not a penalty." I, I'm with you. If you have to keep scrolling back, 
and and slow motion through for 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 that length of time. It's not a penalty. Yeah, and this is after the other day, right, where they had what they thought should have been a penalty for them on the handball that wasn't yeah, that's, even reviewed. I just mentioned so, that there. Right, you, clear, you clearly phased out on me, yeah. but um, yeah, the old JJ trick. I'm back. I'm back. Um, yeah, that one. So again, there's a sense of victimhood. I don't think it's going to cost them. I I think there are much much worse teams below them now. I think so too. And a huge result for them and for all the other relegation candidates, the killer of the weekend, Brentford scoring in the 94th minute to keep Forrest in danger. Forrest are one point up on Leicester, two points up on Everton. Uh, Both of those clubs, though, uh, have a – Leicester and Everton both have a game at hand. Um, I mean, that's just uh, a brutal one for Forrest. I don't – it's a terrible one for Forrest. Um, If Forrest do go down – that nobody can blame Kaylor Navis. At some of the saves he makes, he's still brilliant. <laughs> now, he got really unlucky on the Tony free kick. It's whipped down the wall. He saves it, and it goes onto the post and in off his head. Like, what's he supposed to do about that? But he made one save, a change of direction save. It's deflected, and he goes back the other way. And I'm like, what? How are you still so <laughs> agile? Yeah. He's he's fabulous. He really is fabulous. Um, yeah. And I feel I kind of feel for him a bit. Although I don't feel for him. He's like 17 Champions Leagues. Jesus. JJ, I texted you um, on Friday because I saw a tweet from Matt Law. He's uh, in the tweet. He has a story up. It says some Everton players face pay cuts if club are relegated from the Premier League, but others don't. And, and I wrote to you. I said, when these stories start getting written, you know it's getting real. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's... It's very, very bad. Very, very bad. And again, I I shouldn't speak as if I had foreknowledge of Burnley. I, I thought Burnley, their financial situation was, was very dire, and I'm sure it was, but they were able to reset and come back up. I Like for Everton, I was having a chat with a guy today, and he said, will, will the club even exist? Is it... Is it possible that in like five, six years' time, if they go down, they'll they'll do a, a bury or something? Oh they God. feel too big to me. Yeah, they do. To allow that to happen. But it will take drastic, something drastic for that to change. You know, there's the situation with the stadium in terms of like the 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 lack of clarity on how it's funded, really. Um, there's the Usmanov money that's gone. There's the, the players, the... I mean, they have a they have a terrible squad. I mean, it's a truly bad hodgepodge of so many different managers. Um, and there's no guarantees they go down to the championship. They come back up, just none. It's um, and it, it you're right. It is getting real. It feels it feels even realer than last season to me. Yeah, and I think last season got us prepared for this. This doesn't feel shocking to me. Last season, I was like. I would look at the table and I'd be like, what are they doing down there? They're not one of those clubs, <clears throat> but this year it feels this is where they belong right now. Like yeah. you said, this team is a, it's a bad team. They've gone through different managers. The whole way it's been put together. Who was it, JJ, that we had on from the athletic? Was it Greg O'Keefe? Greg O'Keefe. Who talked, you know, who talked at length about, you know, the board just listening to all the wrong people in terms of how they've gone and put this squad together. Um, it's, I, again, this is going to sound this is going to sound mean. I don't mean this. I know we have a lot of Everton supporters that listen. A lot of my closest friends are Everton supporters. I don't mean it to to rip on your club. I'm just saying this this is this feels right. Like they they are one of those teams right now that that belong down where they are. 
Uh, now, maybe what will apply, what I said could apply to Leeds or the others down there, that there's so much crap down there. Maybe they can find their way through. But JJ, I mean, we're we're recording this right now, Sunday night. By the time a lot of you are listening to this, I mean, they've got a, it's almost like a playoff game they Monday afternoon. Win. They got Leicester City Monday afternoon. It's like a playoff game because right after that, look what they've got coming: Brighton and Manchester City. I mean, look, they. I know that they got results against clubs that you wouldn't have expected at the end of last season, but who, like, you can't, I can't expect to see that now. They're awful. They're awful. And um, Brighton this... and, and City are flying. And then their last two games of the year with Wolves and Bournemouth, I mean, I think those two clubs are mostly safe and probably will be by that point, but they may end the season with two playoff games as well. So if you're an Everton fan right now, you're watching every game through your fingers. You know, like you're cringing as you're looking at the screen, waiting for that bad thing to happen that could send you down. Um, this is from The Guardian. The Everton manager believes a lack of consistency over 90 minutes is responsible for the recent decline with the team folding in the second half of the past two home defeats by Newcastle and Fulham. Asked why Dice said nerves, tension, focus, build up to games, injuries, suspensions, different players coming in and out of the side. All those things can go into it. You're looking to work through those periods when the challenges come, like we did against Chelsea and Tottenham when we got good points. Then the second half against Fulham, the second half against Newcastle, we clearly haven't affected that. Palace was a bit flat, a bit of a flat one from both teams, I thought. The two that stick in my craw are the second half against Fulham and the second half against Newcastle. Yeah. We are, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, and a lot of it, if you're an Everton supporter, so much of this is so predictable. Yeah. Especially after Richarlison left. Not that he's scoring for Tottenham. Funny enough, he did today, but that was his first goal of the season. But like, we knew we could go back and listen to our season preview. Who's going to score for this team? They have no one to score goals. JJ Dwight McNeil has scored five goals this season. He's leading the way for them. We all knew it. Everyone could see it coming. They had no one to score goals there. Uh, Anthony Gordon leaves. Not that he was somebody that I thought so highly of, but like, there's just, there's no one. No. Wow. Bleak. Very bleak. Bleak. Where are we going to next? A break. Let's, let's, this was, there was a lot. We dealt with a lot here in the first portion of this show. I think we need to collect ourselves. I'm going to go, I'm going to get a drink of water. Um, I'm going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. We're going to finish strong. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. More caught offside still to come. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. now on caught offside jj it is it's time for some weather talk it's horrifying here um i've been checking like i can hear i'm in the room right i'm in the basement and I, the room right next to me our sump pump is just like oh it, working it overtime stop. It, it has not stopped are you concerned extremely because there's there's a little bit of water in the garage 
uh, which which is not not good, very not good. That is, you don't. That is oof. no, because we thought we spent a fair amount of money last summer to have that fixed. Hmm. I is is some contractor going to be getting a call tomorrow? I don't know what to do anymore. And you don't want confrontation as well, though. I don't want to. You don't have to. It's just. I was outside before. You should have seen me. It was just like. It it was like a hurricane outside before. Yeah. And I'm sweeping water away. Like I'm I'm unclogging. We have like a gutter kind of around our garage. I was on outside just getting poured on, trying to like rip stuff out of the gutter and like sweeping water away from like different cracks that I'm looking at. Just like, what, what am I doing here? This is homeownership. Like this is this is what it's all. This is the American dream, right? And now. also, the, the the sides of your palatial mansion are yeah. so they're so tall and 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 steep. It's <laughs> it's dangerous for you to be up there. Could you uh, not get your butler to do it? <laughs> you, uh, let's see, JJ Napoli, Napoli. Their title um, celebrations will have to wait one game more, although they started a week ago. Yeah, look, I have I. I this is I don't want this to sound wrong. I want them to win. Like this is fun. I enjoy I love their team. I love I've loved watching them. But there's like something evil in me that when you see celebrations so grand, so extravagant. JJ, the, the Italian Parks Department had to put out an alert to not celebrate at Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> like that's where that's where we are right now. Oh. There's something about all of this that's kind of like this weird part of me is sort of like, boy, it'd be funny if they didn't win now. Like they're obviously going to Lazio lost today. Inter did their job, but Napoli needed to win to seal it. They didn't. They had to settle for a draw after a late equalizer in that one. And the aforementioned oh. Spalletti, uh, he you, he used a metaphor that we used uh, earlier before. Uh, remember, we were on about snipers. Who were we talking about? Arsenal was it? And we we're talking about snipers on the roof picking people off um, because we're absolute freaks. Yeah. Um, quizzed on Napoli's struggles against teams who deploy a low block, Spalletti remained jovial. There's only one way to avoid criticism in this sport, and that is to avoid being a coach. Don't worry. There are professional hitmen on roofs waiting to shoot you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, um, some, some imagery there. Th- yeah, this statement was put out. Uh, we are pleased for Napoli's success, which will bring honor to our region and great joy for our people, said Vesuvius Park Commissioner Rafael De Luca. But the celebrations must remain within the limits of civil behavior, he added. Don't go into the volcano. Please avoid the volcano for your celebrations. <laughs> Where I, I didn't think anything could top citizens of Buenos Aires mounting the obelisk. But like entering a volcano for what reason I don't I don't fully understand uh, to to celebrate a title where do we go from there? What's the oh, next what's the next thing? That, I mean swimming to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> like what does this prove exactly? Are you a bigger fan than someone else because you went to a volcano to to celebrate and have I'd a beer? Am- like I'd imagine they might want to bring some pyro up there. Well, so that is what they wanted to do. Right. I, I think they wanted to light it up. I don't know, I guess make it look like the volcano is spewing Napoli colors. Um, yeah, I, you know what? It would look awesome. You know what? I take it all back. I've added everyone. <laughs> Probably an incredible image. I mean, don't, it's technically, what's Vesuvius? It's technically dormant. Well, it's active though. Well, you can't be both. Can you be active and dormant? 
Oh. Oh, no. I mean, Here it, comes and we're exposing ourselves again. Just no, like no, no, no. This is where we get the the animals to to help us out. Like the the the, the amazing. Um, we talked about sense and memory and the brain and how smells bring us back to certain memories. And a guy explained it for us. We can get someone to tell us whether Vesuvius is active or dormant. Um, let's see. So I, I just looked up dormant volcano. Dormant volcanoes are the volcanoes that are quiet but might erupt again in the future. So that's that it. that's accurate. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so just, just be careful. Just be careful, everybody, because the title is coming. Um, it's just taken maybe a little bit longer than slightly longer than they ex- had expected. Another title that is imminent, Barcelona, back on track, a hammering of Real Betis. Uh, there was one thing from this I want to talk to you about, JJ. So Lamina Yamal became Barcelona's youngest ever debutante with the senior team, 15 years old. Mm. Here you go, Sonny. You're playing for Barcelona now. He's 15. Why don't I love that? I so, never love that. I worry a little bit with them of all teams because, like, look, like me, Leo Messi's time with Barcelona was obviously it was brilliant. But I feel like it is a bit of a curse moving forward on players like this that makes these debuts at such a young age because, like, it happened a little bit with Ansu Fati, and it's certainly going to happen with this kid at 15 years old. For all the the hype around him, because they just it's just human nature. Messi just happened. They're all going to be compared to him. Any kid who comes through there at this age, they're gonna those comparisons are going to be made, and it's not fair because he's a once in a lifetime player. You're setting these guys up for failure, even if they have great careers. Like I said, you've seen it with Fati a little bit. Now Yamal, it's one game. He's already drawn the comparisons. Um, this quote from uh, afterwards: uh, He's a similar player talking about Messi uh, and Yamal, he's a similar player because he has that innate talent in the final third, which is difficult to find. Xavi added when asked if the three could be compared, Messi, Yamal, and Ansu Fati. Uh, Lamina doesn't seem like a 15-year-old. He's very mature. He's ready to play, and he's training well. He can make an era at this club as part of this team. He can mark an era at this club as part of this team. Like Maybe he will, but oh, I just it's, a, it's just not fair. I feel it's like for these kids <clears throat> to like for his, their names to be mentioned but in the same we, sentence. Are we right to be upset um, or concerned when we see this happen? Like when when Evan Ferguson made his debut for Bohemians against Chelsea at fourteen. Yeah. Like uh, my instant reaction was, "Oh, that's not right." And even at fifteen, Lamine, I feel I feel the same way about that. But are we right? Like, have we have we grounds for that concern? kind of like is the brain going full scientific here which i have no business doing right but like is the brain developed enough at that age to handle like the crowds the adulation the criticism like every everywhere you go in your life now like you're you're beloved you're hated like yeah you're in a locker room with men who have achieved like robert Lewandowski is in that locker room with a 15 year old like how, can you relate to these people? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it just is such a, it's such an unrelatable situation um, for to, to throw a 15 year old in. But like, they were talking about it after, like Rafinha was like, he's overjoyed. Like they love him already. They think he's going to be great, but it's a lot, man. It's a lot for a kid that age, 15. I mean, I, we even talk this way, like in, in American professional sports, when a guy's a rookie, 
in like the NFL, I'm like, oh, this is a lot for this guy, like a quarterback at this age. But they're 23. Yeah. They're eight years older than this. Like, it's just not the same. It really yeah. isn't. Crazy. Anything else? Um, just quick MLS notes before we get out, JJ. Inter Miami snapping its six game losing streak. But they, the reason it stood out to me is because in our MLS preseason predictions, the one thing that I, that I kind of was throwing cold water on. We we asked about a, a signing, uh, a high profile signing that we're worried about not working out. Uh, and mine was Joseph Martinez. There was just something about it that I was just worried. I liked it. Well, it hasn't gone well. And in fact, no. he was, he was benched for this one. And then it did go well for inter Miami. Phil Neville had to talk about it afterwards. He said, came around and said, there'll be a lot written about Martinez, not on the pitch, but he will get on the pitch. He will score goals. Um, he goes on to say he's part of what we're building here. He's been instrumental in what we've done this week in terms of his spirit, and he's helped to the young players. He's frustrated, but once our goal scorers start scoring, once we start creating chances for them, we'll win games of football. I mean, that's almost like that's for a guy as accomplished in this league as Joseph Martinez is. Phil Neville, he's he's doing the right things. He's got to try to not. There can't be controversy here. He's got to be careful. But it's almost patronizing when you start saying things like you know his spirit this week was so important. Yeah. Oh no, you don't want to hear that. Right. What's the best thing about your spot, your striker? His spirit. He's great in the locker room. Yeah. What's the best thing about that striker that you have there? Oh, you know what? The guys just love the cookies he brings in. Love them. <laughs> just love them. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it, it's no. I wouldn't say there are alarm bells going off at this point, but it's probably something. Um, it's probably something to keep an eye on moving forward and see how quickly he gets back into the first team. If he does get back into the first team or if they've kind of found a new route forward. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't have too much else, JJ. That might, that might do it for me. What about I you? That, uh, the rain is absolutely rattling the oh, windows. Now don't here. tell me that. Don't tell me that. Oh, I'm going to be up all night tonight. Stressfully so checking the basement. It's so loud. I'm concerned that we have a window open and there's water gushing in and that I'll be washed away. Oh, you're high up in that building though. You got the penthouse. Wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a penthouse. It's if you're going to routinely refer to where I live as a palatial mansion, guess what, buddy? All right. You're in the penthouse. (laughs) I I, I would describe our place as more of a hacienda. (laughs) We do have a nice roof though. Yeah, I know you do. Doesn't do much for you in moments like this, but nothing. Yeah. Not a thing, but you you dream of the of you dream of warmer days, of better days, which is a nice metaphor for us to to end on when you think about Tottenham, because that's what you're dreaming about. And now I've ruined the metaphor because if you have to explain it, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confused. Well, actually, no, I, I am dreaming of better days, and they will come one day. It's sad too because I I actually got Luke to watch with me today, which is uh, rare because your kids the- are not not they don't sit with dad and watch sport no they don't but luke he's three and a half and he did today and like for not for the whole game but i'd say the last 15 to 20 minutes he wanted to sit with me and watch he was asking a lot of questions you know he knew who tottenham was and all that and i just kept saying if we can just get one more and it was so fun they did they scored the goal and i like picked him up and we were celebrating together it was really cool and then i like as we sat back down on the couch i was like oh man that was fun what no like it was just like that. It was, and Luke was like, "What happened?" Like he didn't even understand. I said, "We, they scored." And he's like, "Oh!" And he thought Tottenham did. I had to explain, "No, no, no, son, the other, the other team did." You and he, learned. and just like that, he's been ingratiated into what it is. To so his this club. first bona fide Tottenham moment was is this. That. It was this. Yeah, 
Literally, it was this. He had I never listen. watched a game with me before. Listen, tell you what you do. Check your bank account. Ring fence a certain amount of money for some Tottenham therapy because the journey has begun for old Lukey. Just end. Just end. That's all. That's all that I be, want. That might be the title. All right. Yeah. And here we are. JJ, this was fun. Lots of midweek action. We'll, of course, be back to talk about some of that now. We're going to have to navigate a little bit because the Sixers are playing the Celtics in the NBA playoffs, and I can't no. not watch. We got to no. – uh, so I, what, I, you, you think I'm that in, inflexible that I would – no, no I'm on. just saying, I'm just putting it out there. We're going to have to navigate then. Or, or I might do a out. pod special that doesn't involve you. So you can have all that free time. Oh, oh, so you are bitter and angry. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Six or Celtics in the playoffs. It's just too real good. It's too big. The... It's too big for me to ignore. I, I totally can't agree. wait. Hey, this was fun, my friend. Go eat your dinner. We'll talk during the week and we'll, we'll reconvene for another pod. All right. Sounds, sounds good. Hey, to you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.